0: Trying to kick my butt, but you know, I'm good. Oh, it's like non stop the sinuses. There's times it's like great, and the
1: next time I'm just kind of ugh. Do you take
0: anything
1: for it? Oh, yeah, I take a for it all the time and use nasal an cord. Mm-hmm. seems to help. And then I just got a, uh, a
0: steroid prednisone shot yesterday, and it seems to open it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel so miserable. Just push through it. good, getting better. Good evening, PCA. Let's praise and worship our awesome God. Lord, you are my God, and I will exalt you and praise your awesome name. Amen. The God of creation took our place. The God of redemption opened the way. The day you gave your life seemed a failure in our eyes. But the stone, it rolled away as you walked out of that grave. Let this place to with praise. Why do you look for the living among the? power of death has been broken and this changes everything thank you lord we bless your name god the god of perfection became sin yes he did thank you lord the god of salvation changed everything the day you gave your life seemed a failure in our eyes, but the stone it rolled out. changes every changes everything this changes everything thank you lord hallelujah we bless your holy name god we bless your holy name god thank you lord it was for freedom that Christ has set us free, amen. Let's praise him. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. Glory to God, he set me free. He set me free, yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Glory bell, my jesus to see oh glory to god he set me free now i am climbing higher each day darkness of night has drifted away my feet are planted on higher ground glory to god i'm home without oh he set me free yes he set me free broke the bonds of prison for me, how glory bound my Jesus to see, oh glory to God, he set me free, goodbye to sin and things that confound, not of this world shall turn me around, daily I'm working, I'm praying too, glory to God, I'm going through, oh, He set me free. Yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see glory to God. He said. Sing it again. He set me free. Yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me i'm glory found my jesus to see oh glory to god he set me free yeah. thank you lord thank you lord you are so good to us god thank you lord i love that jesus came to serve and he say he came to save the many amen years i spent in vanity and pride Caring not, my Lord was crucified, knowing now He was for me, He died on Calvary. Oh, mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. everything. Now I gladly own him as my King. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. salvation's plan, oh, the grace that brought it down to man, oh, the mighty gold that God did spend at Calvary, oh, mercy that was great and grace was free,
1: pardon
0: there was multiplied to We're gonna slow it down a little bit. Thank you, Lord. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty. Lord, thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I have been praying for our nation, amen. Our nation and our church and our city and our families, we need revival, amen. Thank you, Lord. I've seen what you can do, oh God of wonders. Your power has no end. Things you've done before in greater measure you will do again. Cause there's no prison wall you can't break through, no mountain you can't move. All things are possible, yeah. There's no broken. Body, you can raise, no, so that you can say all things are possible. The darkest night, you can light it up, you can light it up. Oh, God of revival, let hope arise. Death is overcome. You've already won, oh God of Revival You rose in victory And now you're seated, thank you Forever on the throne So why, why should my, my heart fear, fear? What you've defeated you I will trust in you alone. Cause there's no prison, wall you can't break through, no mountains you can't move, all things are possible. There's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save, all things are possible the darkest night you can light it up yes you can you can light it up oh god of revival let hope arise death is overcome you've already won oh god of revival If you need need some mountains moved Need some mountains moved Come awaken your people Come awaken the city Oh God of revival Pour it out, pour it out Every stronghold will crumble Hear the chains hit the ground Oh God of revival Pour it out Pour it out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Hope oh God of revival. Pour it out. Pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. Hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival. Pour it out. Light it up. you can let it out, oh God voice. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Come awaken your people, come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out. open our hearts to you completely Lord so that you can take control thank you Lord Lord we are your faithful people and we rejoice in your goodness you are awesome God you are awesome and you are so good to us I love you Lord oh your mercy never fails all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing of oh, the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful.
1: All my
0: life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God your voice you have led me through the fire in darkest night you are close like no other i've known you like a father i've known you as a friend Who oh, i have lived in the goodness of my all my life you have been faithful yes you have lord all my life you have been so so good with every breath that i am able Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, you have loved. All my life you have been so, so bad, yeah. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of my God. All my life, and all my life you have been faithful. Every breath that I am able, oh, I will see that the goodness of God. let sing it one more time. All my life, all my life, You have been faithful. All my life, You have been so, so good. With every breath. I will sing of the goodness of God, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God, oh, I will sing of the goodness of of my God, Lord, we bless you, we praise your name, God. Be glorified in this place, Lord. Be glorified in us. Lord, speak to us tonight. Bring us closer to you, God. We just need to know more of you. We long for you. And we will always praise and worship you, God. We will not be silent. We love you, God. You are worthy of every bit of the glory and the honor. And we praise you. We bless your name, Lord. We lift you to the highest place. We magnify you, God be magnified in us be magnified in our eyes god be magnified i love you lord i praise you and i thank you in jesus holy name amen 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 let's give him another shout a little bit of praise and worship yes god you are good god you are good thank you
2: lord thank you lord
1: Oh, good evening. How's it going? It's a good, happy Wednesday. So glad it's Wednesday. Halfway through the week, which is exciting. So I was thinking about, um, obviously we're about to do an offering, and I was thinking about what I want to talk about, and being a teacher, you just find out that throughout your day when you're teaching kids stuff, you also learn something yourself, and um, so I'm going to relay to you what I learned today. So today we were talking about, uh, I'm a reading teacher, so we're talking about comprehension, If you know what that is, it's when you read something, it's how much you actually retain, how much actually gets in there and gets into your brain and sponges up and you remember it. Um, So there's some strategies. There's like scientific strategies that actually work to um, comprehend something. And one of those strategies is asking questions. And the reason you ask questions before, after, and during reading is you're engaging with the text. So you're engaging with something. It's kind of like if you were... Like playing a video game or there was someone sitting next to you watching you play the video game. The guy playing it is way more engaged than the person sitting next to you. They're actually paying attention to it. They're actually messing with it. Um, and reading's the exact same way. And I thought, when I'm reading the Bible, it'd be really cool if I could engage with it at all times. I, I just sat down and I just read it. The honest truth is sometimes, depending on the verse, stuff like that, that might bore you. You may not even sink in, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just the reality of it. That's For some of us, it's reading all the time, is that way. But especially with the Bible, you should really be engaged with what you're doing. You should be asking questions. You should be talking to God while you're in the Bible, engaging with God and eng- engaging with his word. Um, it just makes it sink in a little bit more when you take it in and it's meaningful to you. So if you're interacting with it, it it's, it's meaningful. It's much more meaningful. And I just thought that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that I can take something that I use at work and teach kids how to read and I can apply it to my own spiritual life and how I read as well. Because um, I, I always tell the kids, there's I think there's three things that get in the way of someone reading and I think the same thing probably applies when we read our Bible too. Comprehension, so remembering and seeking in what's actually getting in there. Vocabulary, which sometimes the Bible's vocabulary can be a little complex. And distraction slash boredom. And that's probably the hardest one with most kids in reading. But sometimes with us too, when they're in the Bible, it can, it can be so easy to be like, I just don't have time to open it up today. I, just, I don't have a moment, anything like that. So I think it's important to think about those things and then just be engaged with the word. So don't just sit there and read it and be like, okay, I'm just going to read a chapter and there you go. Ask questions. Think, God, what do you want to show me when I read this? And you'll be amazed at how much it will sink in once you go into it that way. Just think, God's going to show me something. What kind of questions can I ask God that he can reveal something to me? Because his word is living, right? So it's going to speak back to you. Uh, Don't worry about that part. So let's get to the giving part. So you can give here. If you're here, you can give cash. That's awesome. The little guys with the little pouches. I forgot the word there for a minute. You can stick the money in there. That's pretty cool. You can mail things. That's exciting. To 2313 East Prospect here in Blanca City. You can text PCA Church to 1-844-390-2401. Or you can go online or on your smartphone and give that way. That's pretty easy. There's also a kiosk in the back that you can use as well. So lots of ways to give, lots of ways to interact with God through your giving as well, right? Uh, being engaged in your giving process is also important because it's going to mean a whole lot more to you if you're giving out of a meaningfulness, like not just because he says to give, but you want to give. It makes a big difference if your heart's that way. So, If they will come forward, please, we will go ahead and pray over this offering. God, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for your living word, God, that you you gave us a word that we can interact with and that we can let sink into our hearts um, every time we read it, God. If we just go in knowing that you're going to show us something and teach us something, then I know you're going to reveal something amazing to us every single time. And I know it's hard to make time sometimes, and it's hard to just dedicate ourselves. Uh, to being in your word all the time but just like pastor has to say every day we need to be living the word and reading the word and god i just pray that you bless this offering you use every single penny um for your good and i know you will god you'll you'll take that penny or whatever it is and you'll stretch it tenfold um, i know you're gonna do amazing thing god with everyone's gifts in jesus name i pray amen
3: hey pca family we have so many things going on we want to make sure you stay in touch with all of them to be sure and stay connected take a look at the following slide. On Sunday January the 30th be sure to pick up your contribution statement it will be ready and out in the foyer. You can see Susan Wilson for more details. Hey ladies you have a life rally coming up in Stillwater on January the 21st. It'll take place at 6 30 p.m. We'll leave here at the church around 5 p.m. If the cost is $10 a person be sure to invite a friend and come and have a great time at a life rally. Our daycare has positions open and looking for workers you must be 18 years old or older and pass a background check be sure and call tammy shorter at 762-2401 coming up on january the 24th at 6 30 p.m in the fellowship hall we have a leadership meeting this is for all leaders of all ministries here at pca as well as the volunteers and workers who work in those ministries be sure and come out and be a part of this leadership meeting so that we can be on board about everything we're going to do in our ministries in 2022. Coming up, we have a membership class taking place on January the 23rd at 9 30 a.m. This will take place in room 119. It's for everyone seeking membership here at PCA. On February the 12th in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there'll be Winter Jam. If you want to be a part of this amazing concert, the cost is $35 plus food and spending money. Be sure and see Pastor Drake about more details. To find out more about the slides you just saw, be sure and visit PCACHurch.com. Thank you for coming and welcome home. You found a place to belong, to believe, and to
2: become. Amen. Belong, believe, become, right? It's great to have you here on a Wednesday night. I'm still enjoying Sunday service. Man, I tell you what, the power of God was so awesome around the altars, and uh, God just did some amazing things. I've already heard some good testimonies about what God is doing in people's lives already since Sunday. Uh, He just wants people to have faith and believe, right? Stand with me tonight. Let's get ready for the preaching of the Word. Take your Bibles and lift it with me. We're getting ready for the meat now. Repeat this after me. Thy Word word. is a lamp to my feet, thy word is a light unto my path. And thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Ah. Uh. Yeah, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about something that most people don't even know that's in the Bible. Tonight, I want to continue. I started a thought last week, the power of one. And as soon as I started, I thought, God's going to turn this into a series. And so tonight, I'm doing part two of the power of one. How many know that one can have a lot of power? One thought can have a lot of power. One action, one person, one deed can have a lot of power. And so tonight we're going to talk about the power of one and we'll talk about a guy by the name of Phineas. How many of you know who Phineas is? Yeah, I didn't know that was in the Bible. That's what a lot of people are looking at. It's in the Bible. If every Bible is turned to Numbers chapter 25, I want to read verses 1 through 3. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with the Moabite women who invited them to sacrifices to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and then bowed down before these gods. So Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor, and the Lord's anger burned against them. We have a nation of Israel that God is jealous for, And this nation of Israel in the Old Testament and through the New Testament, Christians, and now still today, we are continuing the same cycle that Israel started. Israel would be on fire for God. They would be so close to God, in complete obedience to God, doing everything that God had told them to do from the prophets to Moses, the leaders. And then there would be a time where they would cycle away from God. They would go as far away from God as they had been close to God. They would begin to get away from God, join in with other cultures, begin to take on the culture's activities, and then take on the culture's beliefs. At this stage in the Israel's life, they've gone to live in the land of Moab. Uh, Midian is right there by it. And during the process of living with the Moabites and the Midianites... They have a progression. They start off by listening to the conversations of the Moabites and the Midianites and they're talking about, oh, the we have a wonderful meal. We'd love to invite you to this great meal. Come and join us for food. Uh, this is food that's sacrificed to idols. But they go and eat and have a good time and it must be all right. And then they not only eat the food, but they begin to... In- to render sacrifice to the other idols, to the Baal of Peor. And because of this, because God loves them so much, God's anger, it says, it burned against them. The anger burned against them. I have found in pastoring churches do the same thing, individuals do the same thing. There's sometimes where the whole church is on fire for God, and we're moving, and we're doing, and then all of a sudden there'll be a little bit of a cooling off period, and and sometimes one person will begin to do something else, and then the cycle begins to continue, and one person, and then all of a sudden we just start kind of moving away, and well, we don't have to be, you know, as dogma about God. We can do this and that, and, and the cycle goes on and on and on. Israel was a nation that could defeat any enemy with a sword. But this enemy does not have a sword. This enemy has the clothing of a woman. They did real good when the enemy was a sword. But when the enemy was a beautiful woman, it seemed like Israel could not conquer. With the sword they could conquer, but with the woman they would be conquered. The enemy knows what our weaknesses are, doesn't he? It seems like the more we are endangered by the charms of a smiling world, we are endangered by that more than by the terrors of a frowning world. We would rather have a world smile at us than for the world to frown at us. We're not too afraid of a world with a smile on it. We should be afraid because the enemy has all kinds of tactics to come against us in warfare. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1 says this, My son, keep my words, store up my commands within you, keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. That is why I, before I preach, thy word will I hide in my heart. Lord, help me read the word, help me live the word. Look at verse 3, bind the word on your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and to insight, you are my relative. They will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. God's telling us in advance, listen, you've got to hide this word in your heart. You've got to know this word. Why? Because it's going to be a friend to you. It's going to be your sister. It's going to be your relative, the wisdom, the insight. It will keep you away from situations you should not get involved in. Ecclesiastes 7.26 says this, I find more bitter than death the woman who is a snare, whose heart is a trap, and whose hands are chains. The man who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner she will ensnare. Wow. What happened to Israel? Why didn't they conquer? No, because this time it's not a sword, it's a woman. And the process is in Ecclesiastes. It says, first of all, uh, there's a snare, a trap. uh, Then they get in chains and bondage. And then no one can escape this. Wow. The man who pleases God will find a way of escape. Didn't Brother Joseph, one guy, escape Pharaoh's wife? She was an adulterous woman coming at him full on. He was scared. She grabbed his coat. He come out of it. And the Bible says he fled. The Bible says in the New Testament, flee immorality. It doesn't matter, guys and gals. Maybe it's a, a, the sin dressed as a man in some cases, as a woman, whatever. We've got to have insight and we've got to have wisdom and we've got to have all of these wonderful the words of God hidden us. Why? So in that moment, we don't try to think it through and process it and rationalize it. We flee. But the Israelite men were not fleeing They had been snared, trapped, chained by these Midianite and Moabite women. They've joined together with these people who do not reverence God and now God's wrath is angry. Fear is not touching their heart. process first eat a little bit then have a little bit of socialization sacrifice a little bit to a God it's not a big deal listen today as it was then our God is a jealous God for you his commandments say there shall be no other gods before me none and today we have a lot of gods we can run after we're living in the middle of the enemy the enemy could come in and tempt us with all kind of things that take our devotion away from God. But it's process. We don't immediately go from hot to cold. It is the process of moving from the hot to the cold. Well, let's just don't read the Bible today. Then we don't read it for a week. Then we don't read it for a month. Oh, okay, now let's go over here and do this. And Well, it's not that bad. God didn't strike me dead, so it must be all right. Can you believe I've had people tell me that? People tell me, well, God didn't strike me dead, so he must be okay with it. No, you're living under mercy and grace. Read the Old Testament. There was no mercy and grace there. He struck them dead. In the New Testament, he's given us mercy and grace. Just because he doesn't strike you dead, just because you're still breathing, does not mean that God does not disapprove of what you're doing. Wow. I call it the slippery slope of sin. God's anger was burning. Look at verses 4 and 5, Numbers 25. The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, kill them. What? (laughs) Don't mess with God. Kill them and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor. Wow. Got the nation of Israel, got all these Leaders that are coming up representing all these people. And Moses said, hey, listen, God's told me, take those who are yoked to Baal of Pur, and you kill them. And expose them so that hopefully Israel will turn back to their God and God's wrath can be turned away from us. Psalm 106, 29 says this. And this is a verse referring back to Numbers 25. They aroused the Lord's anger by their wicked deeds, and a plague broke out among them. 1 Corinthians 3.13 If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. So in the New Testament, we are the temple of God, right? And we're to keep our temple holy because God is holy. We're supposed to keep our thoughts. We're captains. Captivating our thoughts, the writer tells in Corinth. We are to take our heart and think on things that are pure and holy and just and good report. All those things. Why? Because we're living among the enemy and if we're not careful, we'll start thinking some things. Well, then we'll go through the process of sliding down the slippery slope and then we'll start beginning, well, we can do a few things and we got away with it. Everything that's a sin is a sin to God, and it grieves God's heart because He loves you so much. But He says, here's how I want you to handle the situation. Take the princes, take the national leaders of Israel, cut off their heads, hang up their bodies in the main uh, area of town, so that everybody will know that this is not pleasing to God. That'd pretty much stop a strike, wouldn't it? In Russia, whenever they were back in the cold ages, when they had a, people thinking they were going to have a strike, the workers, they had this big, long uh, trailer they had made up with, with gallows on it, six or eight of them. They'd pull the trailer up to the group of men that were trying to strike against them. They'd put about six or eight guys in the gallows, hang them, and they say, do you want us to keep doing this, or are you going back to work? God said, hey, I want you to show these people that I am not pleased. My anger is burning against you. He says, take all those princes and cut their heads off and hang them up and expose them to everybody so they can see. Maybe it'll shock them back into reality that we should not be living like this. You see, they were continuing to be involved in idolatry and adultery. Most of that is done in the darkness of the night. And God says, they may do deeds that are in the dark, but I want their deeds to be exposed in the light. He said, Do it while it's in full brightness of day so that everybody can see. Make sure that everybody knows. Don't do it when the the darkness is upon this, but do it in the light. Verse 26 of Numbers 25. Then an Israelite man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. What? Are you serious? You've got Moses and all of the leaders of Israel, they're they're weeping and they're praying and they're fasting at the gate of the temple of meeting, the tent of meeting. They are having a church service, weeping, praying, fasting for God's anger to be turned against them. And right in the middle of that assembly, we have a prince of the house, chief house of Simeon, who is a priest, His son walks right through the middle of that assembly of men with a Midianite woman on his arm, and he takes her into a tent that is set aside for lewd activity in the brightness of the day, right through the middle of these men seeking God for God to turn his anger against Israel. I got to tell you, what a contrast! You got these men weeping and praying and fasting. God, have mercy upon us. Remove your wrath. And you got one of their princes walking through the middle of them, proud with this Midianite woman, and takes her into this tent that's set up for lewdness. Wow. In broad daylight, there's now become this brassness to their sins. They're no longer hiding it in the dark. They're no longer saying, oh, we're not doing anything. It's open. I got to tell you, we should be careful because the slippery slope of sin keeps us from going into the darkness, then it slowly brings us right out in the broad day, and then we don't care who knows. I don't care who knows. I go to church. God didn't strike me dead. I got all right. It must be good. Well, in the middle of all this happening, there was a guy by the name of Zimri. How many of you ever heard of Zimri? Oh, Zimri. He gets furious at this guy. The prince's name, uh, I mean, the prince's name is um, Zimri. He's the prince of the chief of the house of Simeon. And so Zimri takes and he's got this woman on his arm. If you read a little bit lower, her name is Cosby. And she is one of the daughters of the chief house of the Midianites. So these are two of the wealthy families of the people who are the representatives of the Midians and the Israelites, and they probably think, nobody can do anything to us because we're above the law. Nobody's going to touch us. I'm a prince. My father, Simeon, her father is the chief of the Midianites. Nobody's going to mess with her. Two very powerful people. Both of them are influential, and now Zimri is so brazen, he doesn't care, he's not ashamed. He would rather publicize his sin and walk right in front of them than to wait for them to get through praying. Wow. Untouchable. He's worshipped, he's sacrificed, now he's out and open. Feels no remorse. So the nation of Israel is now becoming calloused to the sin, calloused to the sacrifices, calloused to the meals. I have found in just the short time I've lived that in church we just tolerate a lot more than what we used to. Have you noticed that? Are you old enough to be aware of that? Yeah. The things when I was growing up you didn't dare even mention. And now people are just doing it out in the open. And and if you preach about sin, well, we'll just go to a different church. Because we don't want judgment. We don't want... Listen. It's not judgment, it's called conviction. We need to understand that God is jealous for us and He has a way of a lifestyle for us to live and when we don't live that way, God gets upset toward us. Absolutely. People will come to church and have no remorse of sin if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to touch hearts. They'll keep on living and and listen... When I came to Jesus Christ, he changed everything about me. I don't know how he, you can come to Christ and him not change everything about you. He changed the way I think. He changed where I go and what I do and who I hang out with and how I talk and how I dress and everything in my life got changed. Look at this, verse 7 and 8. When Phinehas, son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron... How many know who Aaron was? Remember Aaron? Great, mighty leader of the people... His his rod budded and it's put into the Ark of Covenant as a signifying power of God. He is Aaron's son. He saw this. He left the assembly. He took a spear in his hand, followed Zimri and, and Cosby into the tent. He drove the spear into both of them right through the Israelite man into the woman's stomach. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. Power of one. Zimri and Cosby come just flaunting it through there, go into the tent, and this infuriates Phineas. I believe we need to get infuriated by sin today. It is destroying our friends' lives. It is destroying the nation of America. This has become a national problem. This had become a national problem in Israel and God's anger burned against them. And it took one guy, who said, I've had enough, I'm done with this. You're not, you may have gotten away with it in the dark, you may be doing all this, but now you're flaunting it right in front of us while we are standing here praying to God, fasting and weeping at the tent of meeting, trying to take the sin away from us. You are at the same time bringing in more sin that we can get God to forgive us of. This has got to stop. One guy, Phineas, he said, I'm done. He goes over while the rest of them are still praying. He gets a spear. He goes into the tent. He sees Cosby and and Zimri there on the floor. And he takes this spear and rams it through Zimri's back and through the stomach of Cosby. Well, pastor, that's that's a little serious. Yeah, sin is serious. And sin costs lies. He did not want any more Israelites to be destroyed by the plague, by by the fierce anger of God. One person, one person, the power of one. He had the, the zealousness to do something, not just pray about it. Listen, there's a lot of things we should be praying about, but sometimes prayer is not enough. Sometimes we need to do something about it. Sometimes I've had to confront friends of mine Pastor friends of mine who start down that slippery slope of sin, I've had to confront them. They didn't like me. I lost a friendship. But you know what? The conviction of God overwhelmed them later. I've had them come back to me and say, Hey man, thanks for being a real friend. You were the only one who said anything to me. Thank you. I don't want them to die in sin. I want them to live and have life. How many of you remember a young boy by the name of David? God, his father had sent him down to give his brothers lunch. And David got down there, and there's this great big Philistine comes out every day talking to them like they are dogs. And the Israel nation is standing there with all their armor on, with all their spears and swords, and not one man will do anything about this Philistine calling us dogs. David, 12 years of age, he goes there, here's it one time and something flies all over him. This is going to stop today. I'm going to do something about it. If nobody else would do anything about this, I'm going to be the one to do something. And so he gets some stones, five of them gets a sling, goes up and he says, you're coming against me with a shield and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And he let that stone go. Boom, the power of one took down a Philistine. When the nation of Israel saw this one giant fall, the rest of them said, hey, I think we can take them now. And they went and they chased the Philistines and David went over and took the the sword and cut off the giant's head and the birds plucked out the giant's eyes that day and ate his flesh. Why? Because one person said, I'm done with this. I'm tired of this. This has got to change. The zealousness. God is jealous for you, but we should be zealous for God. To right the wrongs that the enemy's doing to our families, to our friends. Look at verse 10 of Numbers 25. The Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest has turned my anger away from the Israelites. Since he was zealous for my honor among them as I am, I did not put an end to them in my zeal. Therefore tell him, I'm making my covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants will have a covenant of a lasting priesthood because he was zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. Wow. One person stood up for God. And not only did he bring an atonement for the nation of Israel, but he brought a covenant of a priesthood upon his family. A covenant of peace. See, your actions as one person, it will not only affect you, but it can affect a whole lot of other people. His one action affected a nation. The the anger of God was taken away from the nation of Israel, and it affected his descendants. My children and my children's children will now have peace, and they will be priests in the house of God what a wonderful heritage he just gave his family. Men and women today, listen, we've got to stand up for God. God's honor is at stake here. We've got to speak the truth, and the truth is what sets people free. We've got to be the one that says, hey, I'm tired of this going on in my family. I'm tired of this going on in my house. I'm tired of this going on in my church. I'm tired of this going on in my job or whatever. I'm a child of God. I'm praying for you, but i got to do more than pray sometimes. i got to confront you with truth. And the truth of God, His Word is a sword. It divides spirit and soul. It divides bone from marrow. The truth cuts into sin, but it brings healing whenever they respond. Phineas has said, listen, I've got to do something. Look at verse 9. I skipped over this. But I want to go back to it now because here's what happened. Those who died in this plague because of Israel's disobedience and going to another idol, 24,000 people died because of idolatry and adultery. 24,000 people. I guarantee if you'd ask any of those 24,000, do you want Phineas to keep standing there or do you want him to come before you die and do something about it? Listen, people are dying and going to hell every day around here. And we are the light. We are the Phineas. You are Phineas. You need to tell people the truth. We've got to again get that fervor, zealousness for God. Man, Sunday God moved in this house. And Sunday God, God said to the, those here, you come to me and I'm going I'm to honor your prayers, but we've got to honor God we got to honor God with our bodies, honor God with our mind, honor God with our tithe, honor God with our prayers, read his word, hide it in our heart, let it become wisdom and insight to us so that we can avoid the snare of the enemy. Because the enemy's out there with snares. He's going to grab you, he's going to trap you, then he's going to chain you. And we've got to have people set free. I want to be a Phineas If I have to be the pastor and say, this is how I'm going to preach the word of God, then I want to preach it because we've got too many weak preachers today who are afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. I'd rather hurt your feelings and you live eternally than for me to stand before God and you come up to me and go, Pastor, why didn't you tell me the truth? I'm dying because of you. And how many people will you affect? How many people are around you every day that are needing a Phineas to say, you know what? I got to speak up. I worked in the secular world for many, many years. And God was able to use me in that place. I wasn't a a pastor. I was just a regular guy going to work every day. But they knew I didn't use profanity. They knew I loved God. They knew I went to church. They knew I read my Bible because I did it on my lunch break. Not to show anybody something, but I was just trying to hide the Word of God in my heart. And they would come to me with their prayer request and we'd pray together. Yeah, you can be a light at your job without being one of those crazy people. We don't need any more crazy Christians. We need sincere Christians. We need people who are sincere about their walk with God and and they're sincere about the love for everybody. God tells us, hate sin, but love people. We love everybody. But we hate that sin that gets them snared and trapped and chained up to the enemy. Sometimes we got to say, Hey, you got to stop. You need to repent. Be zealous. I'm sure Phineas looked back and probably thought, I should have done something earlier. But nobody else was doing anything either. Yeah. Isn't it easy sometimes to become part of the crowd? Well, Nobody's saying anything, so I don't want to be the one to stir up trouble. Finish was like, it flew all over him. I've had enough of this. This guy had been doing it in the dark, but now he just walks through the holy men of Israel. He's walking right through the holy men of Israel as we're praying at the entrance to the tent of meeting. What brazenness has now come over this guy? He thinks he's too important. He thinks he has too much clout that he's above the law. The Bible tells us this, that God is holy. Be holy. He's jealous for you, so you've got to be zealous for him. The Bible says if we have anything in our heart that's against God, we should do what? Repent. Anything in our heart, anything in our mind, anything we've done, stop and repent. Why? Because if we don't, a lot of people around us are going to get hurt and they're going to die. We need to be the one to be a Phineas and stand up. And who knows how many people around you, you will affect their lives because they'll see you, they'll watch you, they'll follow you. It was always fun going to work on a Monday because all the guys were coming in talking about all of their partying over the weekend, how much they drank and how uh, their conquest and all these things on Mondays. And they go, Hey, Bardwell, what did you do? Well, uh, Took my kids to the park and we played, my wife and I, and we went to to church Sunday. Oh, let me tell you what the pastor talked about Sunday. It was awesome. You should have been there. After a few times of that, they didn't ask me what I did on the weekend because they knew what I did on the weekend. Yeah. And they felt real uncomfortable telling me about what they did. You know why? Conviction. Conviction. And then the process of them moving away from that, they'd come to me and go, hey, you know what I did last weekend? I said, what? I didn't go partying, and I didn't go with this, and didn't do these things. All. I said, well, what did you do? Well, I played some tennis. Didn't know I could enjoy that as much as I did. And, and uh, I did this instead of that. And, and then the process, you know what happened? Some of these guys started coming to church. You're not going to hang around Christian very long, and you don't get a little bit of Christian on you. They get thirsty and hungry for truth. Start coming to church. All of a sudden, they start coming to the altar power of God hits them and their lives are renewed and changed. Wow. Why? Because one person decides, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. you got to love all your friends enough to tell them the truth. And you're the one. The power of one. One person's actions lifted God's anger off of a nation. Wow. You have the ability to change our nation. I have the ability to change our nation when we stand up and go, this is enough. The world is flaunting their sins out to where it's no longer in the darkness. And they're trying to make the church accept lifestyles of all kinds, accept activities of all kinds and say there's nothing wrong with it. Well, let's get back to the word. What does the word of God say? Get our hearts back on fire for God. Get our hearts back into the place to where all I desire is to serve you and to please you. And I'm zealous for you. My heart yearns for your presence. I desire to be in your house. What's happening this year? More of our people are getting devotions in their life. Isn't that awesome? Listen, there's no excuse today for not having daily devotions there are thousands of devotions out there you can google any kind of devotion you want i am 61 year old white male preacher in america and i need a devotion because i'm married and i have kids and grandkids oh we got a devotion just for you they got devotions for everything nowadays mechanics they got devotions for electricians they got devotions for the single mom the mom with kids mom who has 15 grandkids they got a devotion specialized just for you There's no excuse. And if you go to Bible Gateway, they'll send you the devotion every day. You don't even ask for it. We've got the word for today. You can go online, get the word for today. Listen, we have no excuses today not to read the word of God. And we need to take that word. It's a sword. Take it with us wherever we go and tell people truth. Amen? Amen. Stand with me tonight. The power of one. One man changed the destiny of a nation. And I believe this year you're going to be the power of one in the people that are around you. I believe that with all my heart. You're going to be the influencer. You're going to be the one to tell truth. And you're going to be the one that they're going to come to and say, hey, I need you to pray for me. I need, I've watched you and you're real. You, you are real. And it's hard to find real people these days. Real people who are the same in church, out of church, at work, with their friends. You're the same person. That's what we need to be this year. And express and sometimes pray and then sometimes you got to say something. You got to do something. The power of one. Father, I pray over this church. Thank you for your mighty power that's in this place. Thank you for changing people's lives in this house. Thank you for giving them a new name and a new destiny and a new family and a new DNA. They're spirit-filled now. They're powered by the Holy Spirit. God, I pray as they go out into this society that we live in here, I pray that, God, there'll be light in the darkness, that they'll bring hope to those without hope and joy to those without joy and peace to those without peace, that, God, that their life and their light would shine among others and they would come to them and, and say, What is the truth? and they share the truth in love to their friends. We are to hate sin, but we're to love God, and we're to love people. And I pray tonight, God, that, that we all hear the love because if we don't do something, people are dying and going to hell. In Phineas' life, 24,000 people died. God, help us today to save the lost, to reach those who are hurting, With the Word of God, I pray. Amen.
3: We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCACHurch.com and every Sunday at 2313
0: East Prospect in Ponca City.